Now, the Wealth Protection Diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating, her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. Welcome, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Sherry Hill Show. Last week, I had Michelle Seiler-Tucker as my guest. She is the founder and CEO of Seiler-Tucker Incorporated. She's a 20-year veteran in mergers and acquisitions. Michelle and her firm have sold over 1,000 companies in almost every vertical. We started talking last week about her new book, Exit Rich, and she was talking about her six P's when you're ready to sell your business. And we only got through, I think, four, but we didn't even get it all the way through the fourth P. So, Michelle, welcome. Thank you for coming back. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks for having me back on. So if you could just very quickly summarize, uh, we're talking about the six P's what, and what do they relate to, and the fact that we couldn't get through all of them, just summarize the ones we did cover, and then let's pick up where we left off. Sure. Luckily for me, I have a good memory. <laughs> so first and foremost, it was people. Uh, people was the first P, product, processes, and then the fourth P is proprietary, Proprietary is the highest value driver. It can take you from a three, four, five multiple all, all the way up to six, seven, eight, nine, ten, sometimes even higher. So you really want to focus on proprietary and build your proprietary assets. And so last time we left off on patents, so I will start with contracts. Contracts are extremely valuable. Manufacturing, distribution, vendor contracts, any type of exclusivity contracts franchisor who has franchisees and the most valuable of all are of course the client contracts because buyers want to make sure that they're buying a business that has money flowing in especially if you have contracts that have reoccurring revenue or subscription model subscription models reoccurring revenue will also get you a much higher multiple if you have it versus if you don't and the, the caveat, though, Sherry, to contracts is business owners really need to make sure that you have that two-sentence transferability clause. That's two-sentence transferability clause saying that this contract is transferable to, the, to a new entity because 99.9% .9 of all sales are asset sales. So if the buyer is not willing to convert to a stock sale or the clients are not willing to sign consent to transfer, then your deal really could fall apart. So it's really important, you know, when you're setting your business up for success to sell in the future that you cross the T's, dot the I's, make sure that you're protected your trademarks, make sure you protect your patents, and most importantly, make sure you have that two-sentence transferability clause. The other thing that's very valuable in, in what I call proprietary is celebrity endorsements. You know, Oprah Winfrey. Um, any type of celebrity endorsements, we have a client that we're working with that is on Oprah's, you know, that is working with Oprah. Well, buyers and buyers, strategists and competitors will pay a tremendous amount of money for that 
because their hopes are that they can get their products and services in front of Oprah. So any type of celebrity endorsements, radio personalities, you know, because radio personalities can only endorse one diet, you know, pill at a time, or one diet plan at a time, or one skincare at a time. And so those are, that's what we call premium real estate. And then also for my e-commerce businesses, you know, anybody that's got the top three positions on Wayfair, Etsy, Amazon, strategists and competitors will pay a premium price for this. So build your proprietary assets, you will definitely increase the value of your business. Any questions on proprietary before I move on to the fifth P? Uh, no, and I'm uh, just as kind of an aside because I studied this quite a while ago. Is I imagine when you do sit down with uh, potential clients that are ready to start to exit their business, uh, Michelle, you know, how often do you find that there are assets that they didn't even realize were assets within their business? You know, I call it finding the gold mine within, right? Right. Right. So it's, it's tough because a lot of times business owners don't give us everything up front. <laughs> it's like pulling teeth. And, you know, it's important for us to really uncover what those assets are and where they're located because a lot of times the assets are not always held in the main corporation. So we really got to make sure that, that we do our due diligence up front and we make sure we identify all those assets the holding companies of those assets so that we can make sure that they make it to the letter of intent, the purchase agreement, the closing docs, et cetera, because, you know, we want to make sure that the buyer is set up for success. Well, and the reason um, I say so that, because we've been talking about, you know, proprietary and systems and things like that. And I think a lot of, as we talked about last week, you know, most people don't think of their business as an asset. And then all the systems and processes and, and software and maybe things you've invented just to do better in your business. I mean, all that can add up into... Um, you know, how you look at a business as a way to get more uh, value out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, when I mentioned earlier on the first show is we use six different, um, we use six different bases when we look at evaluation, six different approaches. You know, we, we use the asset approach, we use the industry approach, the market comps, the so comps, the discount and cash flow, most importantly, we use the six P's. So we walk our clients through each one of these P's because we know, I mean, there's five different types of buyers. We work with over 28,000 buyers in our database. We know which buyers are willing to pay what for different synergies. There's buyers out there that will pay more money for a talent pool. There's buyers out there will pay money for technology and systematic effective processes. You know, so we we know that when we're running through the six P's with our clients, how to identify these synergies, but more importantly, how to identify the buyers, you know, so we can create a bidding war and we know how to identify the buyers who are willing to pay more money for these synergies that we're discussing. Plus, we also look at how buyers can take advantage of economies of scale, how buyers can cut costs immediately purchasing another business because let's say that a manufacturing business is, is purchasing another manufacturing business and this actually we just sold one of these not too long ago um, and the manufacturing business that we were selling has a distribution center 
the manufacturing business that's buying the smaller manufacturing company has distribution all over the United States. So immediately they cut the overhead of that distribution center and increased EBITDA, you know, doubled the EBITDA when they took over on the sale of the business. So these are the synergies that we really have to identify in which to sell the, the client's business for maximum value. I'm talking with Michelle Seiler-Tucker. She's the founder and CEO of Seiler-Tucker Incorporated. You can learn more about Michelle at Seiler, S-E-I-L-E-R, Tucker.com. So I got you kind of off track, Michelle, but thank you because that really clarified, you know, our, our goal is kind of to help business owners understand you're building an asset, but you're really building something that eventually we hope you want to sell so you don't just, you know, lock the front door and walk away. So you're talking about your six P's. That's so important. And the reason that's so important, Sherry, is because nothing lasts forever, right? Right. What goes up must come down. You know, and I had a little sweet lady call me a few months ago, and she was in a panic because her husband dropped out of a heart attack. Her husband had a business for 40-something years. He left her with a, a mountain of debt. She knew nothing about the business, nothing about the debt, and she was just beside herself. So she asked me if I could possibly help her sell her husband's business. The problem is that the, the, her husband did not have a business. He had a construction company, no employees whatsoever, all some contractors, all 1099s, no employees. He had no processes in place. Everything was in his head. So when he passed away, everything passed away along with him. So there's nothing to sell. So whether you think you're going to sell your business or not is not really the point. The point is you want to build a business that's sustainable, scalable, that will last, and then, God forbid, anything happens, you leave your family with a sellable asset and set them up for success. Absolutely. it was very sad that I cannot help her. You know, my passion is to help save business owners. Yeah. So to the fifth P, to the fifth P, <laughs> otherwise we'll do a third show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> so the fifth P is, is, is patrons. Patrons is your customer base. Now, most businesses follow the 80-20 rule where 80% of their business comes from 20% of their clients. And there's a lot of issues associated with customer concentration. Most buyers are very hesitant. They want to minimize their risk, so they don't want to buy a business that has customer concentration. Plus, if you lose a few clients, you literally could be out of business. We had an advertising uh, marketing media company that we were selling. They have five clients, only five clients. We were selling it in the $10 million range. And um, they lost two of the five clients when we were trying to sell the business, dropped half of their revenue. Mm. So the business wasn't sellable at that point. We ended up merging it with another advertising marketing company that was very diversified and had lots of clients but didn't have the talent pool that this company has. So we merged the two together. I have another situation where I have an uh, oil manufacturing business, and they had 65 to 70% of their revenues tied up with BP. Well, we have 550 buyers that looked at it. We had 12 LOIs, 11 tents. We had, we found, lucky, luckily, we found a strategic that had similar products and services that had been trying to get into BP for years and could never get their foot in the door. 
So all the other buyers were fearful of BP. This buyer was extremely interested in, in getting that BP contract because they knew once they got into BP, then the big important thing is they could get their own products and services in there. So it's really important to have customer diversification, not customer concentration. But if you do, we're pretty good at finding that needle in the haystack. Awesome. But, you know, you want to make sure you have diversified clients. One thing, too, I forgot to mention under proprietary assets, I missed one. One is databases. Databases are huge. If you have a database that's, you know, hundreds of thousands of clients and it can, they, they can be retargeted and repurposed, then we can sell your business with that database and get you even more money. Facebook paid $19 billion for WhatsApp, and WhatsApp was hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging. But WhatsApp had a billion users, and Facebook knew they could monetize, they could ROI on that investment. So really evaluations and selling businesses really comes down to the synergies that the business has, has built, the, the proprietary assets and those synergies that that business has built over all these years. Awesome. Then Michelle, the last thing, wait, wait, Michelle, yeah. we have to go to break. We come back. We're going we're gonna to learn about the last P. I'm talking with Michelle Seiler Tucker, her latest book, Exit Rich. And when we come back, I want to talk about the final P, and then also a little bit more on mergers and acquisitions as a way to grow or also exit your business. We'll be right back. Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own, or worse, using one of those $99 plus state fee sites? First, you actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Second, unless you know what questions to ask, how do you know if the entity you choose will actually do everything you think it should, like protect your assets and significantly reduce your taxes? For over 20 years, Sage International Incorporated has helped thousands of business owners put a proper foundation under their dream. If you want to get started in the right business track, schedule your free 30-minute consultation today. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779 or visit sageintl.com. Welcome back and thank you for tuning in to the Sherry Hill Show. My guest, Michelle Seiler-Tucker is the founder and CEO of Seiler Tucker Incorporated. She is recognized as the leading authority on buying, selling, fixing, and growing businesses. And she sees opportunity where many are discouraged or have given up. Her book, Exit Rich, is a must-have guide so you do exit your business rich. So, Michelle, we've been talking about your six Ps. I know we're on number six, so I'll let you roll. Yes, thank you so much, Sherry. So, not, thank you for your patience. <laughs> well, this is great. I'm learning a lot, so I appreciate it. So, um, the last P and the most important P to all of your listeners is profit. We all want to be in business to make money. And the reason I put profits last is because profits is never the problem. Profits is never the problem. I have clients that come to me all the time and say, Michelle, I have a, a, a profits problem. You know, I'm not making any money. I'm like, no, you don't have a profits problem. You don't have a lack of profits problem. You have a people problem or you have a process problem or you have a proprietary problem. You did not protect your proprietary. But lack of profits is never the problem. And it's always the symptom 
and not running on one of the other five Ps. Absolutely. It's a result. (laughs) It's a result. It's your scorecard. If you don't run on all the five Ps, I promise you, you will not maximize profit. I promise you, many of you will lose money, unfortunately. So you've got to make sure that you get all these five Ps, you know, all in line, all operating together, and you'll be profitable. Profit's never the problem. It's always the lack. of run- It's always a symptom of not running on the other Ps. Absolutely. I kind of want to switch gir- gir- I want to switch gears right now, Michelle, because you are uh, obviously a specialist or a leading authority, um, and I know you spent many years in the mergers and acquisitions side of business. Let's talk about that as uh, maybe a way to uh, scale a business quicker or, you know, an exit strategy. Yeah, so, you know, acquiring businesses is really the quickest way to grow your business through acquisitions versus growing it um, organically. And I always recommend that businesses that are looking to build up and sell do it through acquisitions because when you're acquiring businesses, what are you acquiring? You're acquiring more of the six Ps, right? Right. You're acquiring more people. You're acquiring more you know, congruent revenue streams in your in your product mix. You're acquiring, you know, maybe better technology, maybe a more improved processes. You're acquiring you're acquiring more proprietary assets, and um, obviously you're acquiring more patrons, a, a bigger client base, maybe more diversified clients, and then you're acquiring more profits. So it always makes sense to grow through acquisitions. And then do a roll-up. You can do a roll-up and, and sell for a much bigger number or do a roll-up and, and do an IPO. Yeah, I mean, that, uh, you know, but we, there's always this side of business because we, you know, you see it a lot where, you know, somebody takes over a new business or they acquire a business and the first thing they do is let everybody go. So I think it has somewhat of a negative connotation and obviously you see a more positive side to it. But what would you say to somebody, um, you know, if they're thinking about, Exiting their business, and of course, I'm talking with Michelle Siler Tucker, author of Exit Rich. So I'm going to encourage everyone to get that book. Um, but you know, as as just uh, um, don't think of it in a negative term. How how do you help people look at that as an option? Well, I really think that that is more of a myth than it is a fact. You know, doing over a thousand transactions and being involved in many mergers and partnering with business owners and buying businesses myself, that's really more of a mess. You know, most business owners don't come in and lay everybody off. I'm not going to say it never happens because there are times that it does happen. But more often, it doesn't happen. More often, buyers who are buying businesses are buying the business because they have people in place, which is the first P. They have, you know, talent. They have tenure. They have non-competes in place. They have management teams in place. And, you know, my advertising company that I spoke of earlier that merged with another advertising company, that advertising company that merged with my advertising company to handle casinos really needed better talent 
And that's what they were lacking. So they merged with this company to get that talent. So that really is more of what you call horror stories that you hear or, or a mess. Because I would say almost every transaction I've ever done, very seldom does the owner go in there and lay everybody off. Well, they might restructure some people, you know. They might restructure and try to blend cultures, but very seldom do they lay everybody off. Absolutely. So, Michelle, you know, one thing I'd like to hear from you is certainly, you know, most people that go into business, and I work with a lot of small businesses, as you can tell, is they don't think about the exit strategy. So whether you're in a small business or a large business, we know that the ownership of your business is going to change because we don't live forever. Things happen. People don't want to play in the sandbox anymore for whatever reason. So what is, you know, your words of wisdom for someone to think about if you want to exit and exit rich? There's a difference. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you say? Big difference. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so here's the big thing that I say, and here's the thing that I preach and teach to, to every business owner, no matter what stage of their business that they're in. Rather, they're starting a business, buying a business, or they've been in their business for 10 years. The bottom line is you've got to start somewhere. And I always tell business owners, you have to plan your exit. I mean, you taught business plans for 13 weeks. And <laughs> that's the problem with business owners. If they don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. And the biggest plan of all is your exit plan because in most, in all likelihood, your business is your most valuable asset. So you must plan the exit from the beginning, from the beginning. So you need to start with the end in mind. When you want to drive somewhere, Sherry, mm-hmm. what do you do? You pull out your phone, you go to Google Maps, and what's the first thing you enter? Look for directions, right? Where, where am I? Where's my destination? <laughs> Destination, that's the word I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. You enter your destination because you know where you're driving to. Most business owners have no clue of where they're driving to. So they have no destination, they have no income, they have no desired pride. So you have to start there. Start with the end in mind. And pick a number. I don't care what your number is. Just start somewhere. So let's say you want to sell your business for $20 million. Great. You might make it, you might not. But let's pick $20 million. Then what does the GPS exit need to know? It needs to know where are you starting from? What is your current location? In other words, your current evaluation. What is your business worth today? And Sherry, you'd be surprised, I think, that most business owners have never even had a business evaluation. I just talked to a client that's been in business for 50 years, never had his business evaluated. You know, we humans go to the doctor and get annual checkups every year to make sure our heart is ticking and we're still kicking. Yeah. <laughs> we drive our car to panic <laughs> to make sure our car is in good shape. But we don't get an annual business valuation checkup. That is financial suicide for business owners. There are events that cause your business to increase in value and or decrease in value. This pandemic is a perfect example of that. So business owners should know what your business is worth every year. Get an annual valuation checkup. So let's say your business is worth $5 million. You want to sell it for $20 million. The next thing you need to know is time frame. What's your time frame? Let's say you want to do this in 10 years. Great. It might take you 15. But this is the start of a plan. Now, next, you need to know, well, who's my buyers going to be? Not buyer. But buyers, why buyers? 
Because so many clients come to me, sellers, and say, oh, Michelle, I have a buyer. I just need you to represent me with this one buyer. Well, I can promise you in all likelihood that buyer is going to fall apart. Don't put your eggs in all of one buyer's basket. <laughs> you need to make sure you have buyers looking. Plus, if you have one buyer, you'll never maximize value because you have no competition. You want to create competition on the sale of your business. You want to make sure that they're bidding against each other. You want to get the maximum price for your company. So who are the five types of buyers? So if you're trying to sell for $20 million, let me tell you who you're not going to sell to. A first-time buyer, because a first-time buyer doesn't buy large companies. They typically buy starter businesses, smaller businesses. And then a turnaround specialist. They buy distressed assets, so they're not going to buy your business. The third type of buyer is a PEG, which is a private equity group. Private equity groups buy larger businesses. They buy based on problem platforms and add-ons. And then we have strategists and competitors. What's nice about strategists and competitors is they buy synergies. They buy those contracts. They buy those databases. They buy the brand, the trademarks, the products, the patents. They will pay more money for synergies than any other type of buyer. So you want to make sure you have competitors and strategics working at the sale of your business. The next type of buyer is serial entrepreneurs. Serial entrepreneurs are industry agnostic. They're not passionate about any specific industry. They're more driven by EBITDA, by earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. So then the next question you need to ask is, okay, well, we identified the, the three types of buyers that would be interested in a $20 million company. Now, where do the financials have to be? Where's the gross revenues have to be? Where's where the, the top line revenues? Most importantly, where's the EBITDA have to be? To sell for $20 million, your EBITDA has to be between $3 million to $5 million based upon your synergies. So then you want to know, well, what are the characteristics? What, what are these buyers looking for? And I will tell you, buyers looking for businesses to operate on all six speeds. If you build that business to operate all, on all six speeds and have that EBITDA between three to to $5 million, you'll get your $20 million price tag. The next thing you need to know, or, or the next thing ingredient, ingredient that you need for the GPS exit model is your why. Why do you want to sell your business for $20 million? If it was easy, Sherry, wouldn't everybody be doing it? Absolutely. You know, Michelle, I could talk to you forever. This is wonderful. You're so knowledgeable. I'm going to encourage our listeners to go find Michelle Seiler Tucker, Website, SilerTucker.com. Phone number, 877-853-4227. I'm going to guess, Michelle, that you want to encourage people to reach out to you, talk to you, and start to learn uh, the six Ps, as well as pick up your book, Exit Rich. So we have to go. I want to thank you so much for doing two shows with me. I really appreciate it. Can we, can we tell them real quick? To go get the book at exitrichbook.com, and if they buy the book in pre-sales, they will get the immediate digital download today, plus we'll ship the hardcover to their doorstep, plus they'll get a lifetime membership into the Exit Rich Book Club, where they will get all of my video contents, but most importantly, every document you need to run your business and sell your business is in the Exit Rich Book Club. These documents are worth over $25,000, plus we give them 30-day free membership into club CEOs and that's a mastermind where we help entrepreneurs build a sustainable, scalable and sellable business all for $24.95 at exitrichbook.com. Awesome. Thank you again. Been talking with Michelle Seiler Tucker. Want to thank everyone for tuning into the Sherry Hill Show where business is amplified. 
The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. Send her a message on Facebook.com slash Sherry Hill Show and tune in next week, same time, same station for The Sherry Hill Show.